0: Right, hit record. All right, we're recording. Hmm. All right, so this is episode ten of the Coaches Roundtable. Funnily enough, I'm actually sat on a round table right now. <laughs> we have a round table in our flat, and M's looking at me like, "Oh my god." Starting with the dad jokes. Um, should we just crack on?
1: Hmm.
0: Get straight into um, question one. Okay, so I'm going to leave. Uh, this one probably till last. I don't know how many we can get through. I reckon maybe if we do three because they're quite big ones. So we'll start with a light-hearted one. So this one's submitted by Sarah. Um, and it was, if you could do a competition based on three lifts, mm-hmm. what would they be and why?
1: Um, okay. Uh, okay. You can
0: go first.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Any,
0: any three lifts. So it could be like Dumbbell bench press or something like that.
1: (laughs) Just leg press, leg press machine. Leg press. No, I don't know. (laughs) Just throw throw out snatch and clean and jerk. They're not part of the list, not anymore.
0: You've got to choose three.
1: Choose three. Snatch, clean and jerk, and clean and press.
0: Really? No. I
1: don't know. Uh, I'd probably. I
0: don't know what, what would you choose um one that comes straight to mind would probably be a bat squat
1: yeah that is a classic
0: or, or a front squat some kind of squat um i probably favor a, a front squat just because it also it limits the amount of people that can do it <laughs> <laughs> like a
1: competition. yeah
0: so it would be a front squat and this is not in order. I'll, I'll say all my three and then a, so front squat would be first, uh, or my foot, my first choice, probably just cause obviously specific to weightlifting. Everyone can back squat, you know, front squat requires a little bit more mobility. So there's a bit more skill involved rather than just raw strength. Um, and then I reckon I'm going to go with my two favorite lifts. It would be a block, block clean, a high, high block clean, <laughs> a high block clean and uh, a hang snatch <laughs> just because they're my two favorite variations.
1: <laughs> yeah. And anything that skips most of the movement is good. <laughs> Basically
0: anything from the floor. No. Anything from the blocks or a hang. Yes. I reckon, so what I'd do, it would be hang snatch first, then block clean, and then front squat.
1: What, what is this competition? We're not, we're not doing these when we open.
0: Why not? It's a competition.
1: <laughs> Everybody's going to want to sign up for it.
0: That's fine. It would just be me.
1: That's just we'll,
0: we'll call it the Connor Classic.
1: The, the Campbell Classic? The
0: Campbell Classic.
1: You've got like a little trophy and everything.
0: Yeah, those, those would be my three lifts. Gosh, gotcha. Being serious, though, if it were to be an actual competition, it would be snatch, clean, I hate jerks, and, <laughs> and back squat. Done. I,
1: I would do the snatch, clean, and the jerk, but separate.
0: Mm. Nice. <laughs> that would be quite fun, actually, I think.
1: Can you, can you imagine, like, fresh or fresh-ish? Jerk
0: I mean, yes, but also you've just maxed out on snatch and clean. Your legs are probably going to be pretty fatigued.
1: Jerks first.
0: Jerks first. <laughs> Jerks first. <laughs> That'll be mad. All right. So you're going with snatch, clean and jerk. Snatch, clean, jerk. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with snatch, clean back squat
1: yeah to be fair snatch clean and jerk back squat I feel like if I was trying to maximize my ability to win something I'd throw back squats in there yeah so definitely preferably for like five reps or something
0: Five fives. yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right um okay next one what age should kids start weightlifting? This was submitted by Mark. That's a good question.
1: I think... What What age do kids start doing gymnastics?
0: Well, since they can walk, really, isn't it? It's like three, four, maybe. That's
1: how young kids should be doing weightlifting. Yeah. What's that? That's how young kids should be doing weightlifting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. right. So now I want want you to expand on that point a little bit more. I see where you're going. I I I would agree with you. Yeah. But we can't just. Yeah. This would be a pretty boring round table if we just went four years old. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there you go. That's That's it.
0: No no opinion on that. Just four years old.
1: (laughs) I feel like. I mean, obviously you get quite substantial forces in weightlifting applied to you. But like, isn't it? The same in gymnastics as well like some of the movements there i mean firstly your risk of injury is way higher let's be honest mm. and um i don't know anything about gymnastics only that it looks very difficult and also quite a bit of fun um but yeah your risk of injury is really really high the forces that you know you're going to be enacting on yourself and the strength that you require is also really really high there's not you know i, I don't see why if, if a if it's fine for a child to start that really, really early, why is weightlifting any different?
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, I know a few gymnasts who have gone through kind of youth level to now close to senior level. And upon speaking from them, a lot of the gymnastics that they do in the first couple of years is more just like roly-polies, tumbles, like handstand holds. Yeah you know it's like simple things so like more for fun rather than actually to actually think about doing it for a competition or to you know win medals or whatever and i think it is should be very similar in in weightlifting that because it is generally what it's less of a skill based sport than say maybe football or rugby might be yeah but i think like you said the danger of the inherent safety and danger of having a child pick up a barbell. Um, it, it's a little bit easier to teach someone how to kick a football when they're young because there's less risk than it is to just give a child a barbell and go, right, start lifting.
1: Like, is there less risk? Because, you know, you get like, you know, football at times becomes almost a contact sport. And you know, you, you get people having some quite major injuries. I've not really seen any major injuries from weightlifting, like this... or not to the same degree as other sports. Yes, you do, definitely do get them, mm. but usually very, very high level or when people are fucking about.
0: Yeah. I, I would definitely say that on that point, it, def- it comes down to mm. the, the coach that is handling that athlete because it's not like you're going to get a child that comes in and give them a barbell and go, oh, they can snatch, let's put more weight on the bar. Yeah, You know, it's good. It's good. The process, let's say you take a 20 year old athlete and a five year old kid, the process is going to be so much more drawn out Mm. for that child's development than it is for a 20 year old male who potentially might already have developed a lot of muscle mass, a lot of coordination. Um, You know, there's obviously less risk involved. And when I say Mm. risk, I mean that that child might not know how to move properly yet. So, although they're at different stages of their development, it's different in terms of, like, their progression.
1: Mm. Um, The case with British weightlifting that, um, I don't know what age range applies to, but they kind of grade performances based on, like, technique, technical points, rather than the amount of weight, which I think for kids is, that's what you should be looking for. Yeah, I agree. they're a kid. <laughs>
0: like, yeah.
1: don't give them a really, really heavy barbell. But yeah. you know, technique is going to be carried forward anyway.
0: Yeah, I would also say taking weightlifting aside, so not just looking at snatch and clean and jerk specifically, but talking things like a little bit more GPP, so squats, pulls, presses, yeah. planks, lunges, like stuff like that. That's actually going to help them develop as a weightlifter you know, the more specific it gets into their career, for example, if they actually decide to pursue that after, you know, 10, however many years. But I'd definitely say on your point, it's a really good time to be able to develop a a kid in just just moving well. Um,
1: well. Yeah, also moving well.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, Yeah, Uh, so I guess to kind of like... Summarize. It, I mean, it's hard to put a, a date on it, isn't it? Like, what age should kids start start weightlifting? I'd say there comes a point where, like, if you're a one or two year old, what what are you going to gain from that? <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: Stop dribbling on the barbell.
0: Yeah. Generally, I mean, it would be difficult to say because kids mature at different ages, so it it will depend on that child. You know, for mm. females, you they generally tend to develop a lot quicker than than males do in terms of peak height velocity. But um, and but then once they've reached that point, they kind of mellow off. Whereas men tend to sort of it takes them a little bit longer to develop. Mm. So I'd say on a case to case basis is probably a little bit more important to look at where just because you have a group of five year olds or or six year olds doesn't mean that they're all going to develop. And actually, it's the same in most most people anyway even if you've got a group of 20 year olds if you give them all the same program that not all of them are going to develop at exactly the same rate and it's the same with children because mm. you know they they might have had different genetics from their mum and dad you know they might move differently i don't know could could be anything couldn't it a whole host of things generally though i'd say anything for and up to be honest, four is probably pushing it a little bit, depending yeah. on what you're you're doing with that child. But
1: if they're, like, they're walking, they can snatch. That's fine.
0: Yeah, if they can, <laughs> if they can squat, yeah. they can snatch. But yeah, generally, I'd say maybe I, I'm going to go with five plus. Yeah. Um, I think four is probably pushing it. To be honest. But again, case to case basis. And it's not like in that first session, you're going to get them doing a squat, uh, sorry, an overhead squat or or a snatch. You're going to get them doing, you know, basic squats, lunges, pushes, presses, pulls, you know, learning how to brace properly so that you can set that child up in the future. So their foundation is is set. It's, yeah. you know, it's solid. Um, and then as they mature and as they develop and as they get stronger and better and they're moving better, and then we can start to, you know, develop them into a little bit more specifics for weightlifting. That's probably a very long winded answer, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, okay. This question, there's a good question actually, I think. Um, so this question is from M. So the first one is, should your feet be in contact with the floor when you triple extend? Um, or does this differ from person to person? Mm,
1: interesting question. Um, I think it's part of the triple extension. It's, it's a question of timing, because obviously your feet mm. will leave the floor. Yep. So that's usually after the triple extension has finished. Like, you almost it's it's like you know you've got a number line and you've got zero is zero positive or is it negative it's, it's not it's both it's in between and your kind of feet leaving the floor is almost sort of in between but i'd yeah. i'd argue that like it's part of the extension mostly and yeah. then turnover is when you pick your feet up you will see that some people kind of leave their like if i think it, is it toshiki like he leaves his feet on the ground for a long period of time, mm-hmm. and that's actually after he's initiated the turnover, and you know the turnover has actually begun. Then he picks his feet up, not at the same time that the turnover begins. Yeah. So there is a little bit of individual, but Fernando uh, Heis from Brazil as well. He's a really really good example. Yeah. I think he's he's got criminally rate underrated uh, pull because like his feet are just in contact just for as long as they can, and you you'll see in the slow mo. That it's not his feet moving, it's his legs pulling the feet away, yeah. which is really bizarre, but like, you know, clearly works for him really well. And um, so I would say, like, generally, they should be, it's not gonna be like a heavy contact, it's not like a pull, but they are going to be in contact with the floor to some degree during the extension. Yeah. And once the extension's finished, that's when they will leave the floor to reposition.
0: Mm. Okay, so then if I put a spin off on that question, what happens if your feet don't leave the floor? I.e., for example, you extend and you do a no foot lift because there's there are some people who don't move their feet whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I, what what I'm talking about is extend, You come on the balls of your feet. You go straight back down without them sliding, without them picking up and and coming onto the ground. Because yeah
1: there will still be a point like, you know, it's the question whether it's that heavy contact or that light contact. So like even in a no foot um, snatch or clean, the feet will not move, but the actual pressure that's exerted yeah. through that foot will go to zero right at the point at which the turnover is initiated. But mm. so even though it's still like on the ground, there's currently nothing going through it. And um, I think yeah, just a preface as well, is that like some people will not, um, obviously move their feet. Generally, even if you don't move your feet, so you don't have a wider receiving stance, you should still bring your feet up off the ground and replace them, even if yeah. you replace them in the same position. Yeah. Um, if, if you're moving laterally or like front and back, that kind of thing, you need to be able to move with the bar. Yeah. So just keeping them, I mean, you know, keeping them dead and not moving them at all um, will obviously be great. If you can do that hundred percent of the time, like completely precisely, but you know, you're only human. <laughs> it's just likely that like you know, anything else it will come and bite you if you can't reposition your feet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, it's just, it's less about them being in contact or that, you know, the pressure going through the degree of pressure, but like generally it will hit zero at a point before The person starts pulling under because you can't if you're pulling under and you're exerting pressure, you're slowing down your turnover.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, because if you're putting force into the floor, how do you expect to move down?
1: Mm. It doesn't work
0: like that, yeah,
1: yeah, going down your turnover.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I would agree with you is that as soon as your feet leave the floor, you stop exerting force, it's impossible because the only way that you can produce energy is through the ground, you can't produce energy in floating it's impossible unless you have superpowers which you know (laughs) um so okay so then my question just i want to expand on that a little bit just because it it, i thought is a really interesting question Mm -hmm. is the difference between moving the feet actively i.e picking them up and and putting them on the floor to allowing them to come up and just slide into place laterally so for example um like lasher would be a good example he picks his feet up and and puts them back on the floor yeah. but then for example someone like lu zhao or li Dain, it would pick up slide um, and that is very much kind of a chinese chinese technique right um what, what would you say i guess the major difference for those would be
1: i think people misunderstand the whole you know the kind of picking up and placing it down or sliding it because i think that picking it up and placing it down is like an active thing you have to yep. for a sliding it just kind of happens naturally yeah uh, the sliding is active as well um i was speaking to another person that we train with um who you know has trained in china uh before and you know has actually had some you know quite quite in-depth conversation with the chinese team and like slide is not the right word it's more for slice
0: yeah and
1: like it's, it's still an active thing even though it looks really gentle it's you know you're still actively moving your feet mm-hmm. out um is one better than the other uh, no yeah. i think you, know, you, you get people like um you know if you look at the north korean lifters a lot of them will slide the feet out yeah. until you look at on um, on um, your child, yeah think and uh you know he's got the biggest donkey kick of anyone and uh, but you know it works for him so i yeah. think it's like but you should try both techniques and you should see what kind of works for you um mm-hmm. as an individual um ultimately the difference is more the degree of lift like between your feet and the floor mm-hmm. um you're still replacing your feet um even kind of with the chinese you know, that kind of very, very, very gentle sliding the feet out, that kind of thing. Like, you're, there's, you're still trying to land perfectly balanced. So, yeah. like, you'll get, you'll get the Russians, you know, with pick the feet up and replace it, and they want you to land kind of midfoot, more or less. It's, it's the same with the Chinese kind of way of teaching, although they emphasize more the kind of balls of the feet. you yeah. there. You know, you're still trying to land balance rather than land on your toes and roll back. So, um, I, you know, this is just what I've learned. So I could be completely wrong here,
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but it's also based on opinion, isn't it? Or what we've yeah. observed. Yeah. Cause I, I would, I would say a very similar thing is that for most people, when we come to extend the weight is in the midfoot balls of the foot. And then mm. when you come to land, it's again in the same place. Cause the, that's where the pressure wants to be. That's where the force is. If it's too far back, then we're going to be shifting our weight. Too far back. We don't want that. We want to move up vertically and down vertically because it is the quickest way to stand up and come down. Um, yeah, I, again, the point on Omyeong Chol as well is obviously a lot of the Koreans will uh, pick and slice. Omyeong Chol will pick up and place, right? Do you also think that that could potentially be due to his height? Because if you think about it, he has less distance to travel with the bar. So he might potentially be able to actually pick his feet up and then place them. Because basically, he's, the bar doesn't have to move as high, does it? Because <laughs> he's quite a short man.
1: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Oh, but then it, I would argue that it's all relative. Like mm. just because the bar itself is bigger, like your movement relative to your height is still going to be the same. Yep. Like, so oh, I no, I'm just playing
0: devil's advocate. No, I just no, if, if you thought that it would be, you
1: know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I wouldn't necessarily think that, like, height would necessarily have an impact on what way moving your feet is optimal. Yeah. And on the other hand, it's like we, we understand that, like, kind of longer – limbed athletes especially if you've got long legs and short torso you tend to have more issues in the catch in the receive Mm -hmm. because like basically you've once you've actually got under the bar you've got far further to actually travel with it generally yeah so in in relation to your height so i don't know i mean it's clearly a factor there but would it be a factor with moving the feet i don't know i wouldn't have thought so but could be wrong
0: all right so one more question on that then, just to quickly expand again. So if, if the issue is you are coming into your extension, right? Yeah. And your feet aren't active where they just come up and you allow them to slide forward.
1: Right. So they're just kind of going on their own volition, really.
0: Yeah. So rather than you actually thinking about pushing and actively moving them, first question is, how could you drill that? Second question is, why is that issue happening?
1: If, if Ian's listening, he's going to kill me for this. <laughs> just, like, just trying to make your footwork consistent. And it's like, you know, we all talk about positioning in terms of like, oh, you know, shoulders over the bar and like, you know, from an actual kind of 3D perspective. But nobody gives a shit where you move your feet, at least not in this country. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you, there's um, one of the kind of classic drills for it is like having the little plates on the side. Where you actually have to pick your feet up and pop them back down on the plates. And that's almost like a kind of targeting um, thing, which works, you know, fairly well and also gets you into the habit of moving them to the same. I just, you know, just draw your boxes in, <laughs> you know. And you, you'll be able to see if one foot like I have an issue where my right foot tends to lead a little bit more than my left foot. My left foot likes to stay where it yeah. you know, starts from. And so like that's kind of helped me become a little bit more kind of balanced between the two. Um, instead of catching my snatches in the jerk received position, <laughs> and, um, you know. But I think you know, kind of being aware of it. If you can take videos from the front as well, that's always useful. Um, so kind of like varying the angles of the videos that you're taking of yourself, um, slowing it down, seeing if your feet move asymmetrically to each other. Trying um, not think what else really. It kind so- of depends individual
0: like what's actually going on yeah so that that was the second part of the question was what why could that potentially be happening yeah so for example if you extend a lot okay really really hard but you don't think about pressing into the floor Mm. generally the feet are just going to kind of like just do their own thing right just shuffle forwards and what, what i think one of the difficulties is actually trying to get someone to actively think about push and then land yeah. It, it it is a skill to learn, and it's difficult to try to try and make that happen when you've got so many other things going on in a snatch. Yeah, where like you said, it it is it can be an issue, but it's there's more things that are I'd say more important than than that. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it comes down to balance and pressure
1: yeah yeah kind of like pushing There's, you know exercises thinking stuff like you know snatch balances um you know just purely just doing split jerks from blocks or from the rack like kind of anything that sort of isolates the foot movement can help you to become a little bit more aggressive with it Yeah. yeah but obviously you know that's only as useful as your ability to actually like you know you can have a really really good snatch balance and then the moment you start actually precisely it, it can just
0: go it to goes help to pop. yeah absolutely
1: yeah so, you know yeah. doing complexes and kind of getting them in together um yep. score as well and you know again <clears throat> not corona um ties in with <laughs> the kind of taking videos and such you know if you if you've got like a snatch balance snatch complex for example and you can actually see from the video oh my feet are incorrect in the snatch Mm -hmm. or you know that kind of thing you can use that as a comparison kind of going forward so yeah
0: sweet okay um here's this this one is from izzy um where do you draw the line between powering through and taking a sick day so for example where do you draw the line between just going and doing a session or just saying, I think I could probably have like do with a rest day. I'll come back to it tomorrow.
1: Is this session going to benefit me or disadvantage me?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a singular session.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, you know, to take emotion out the equation, I don't give a shit whether you want to train or you don't or whatever.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: If going to the session is going to make a difference to your numbers, is going to improve. Great. Okay. Probably do go. But if it's, you know, if it's not, if because you're feeling really, really ill, you know, you know that you're not going to be able to lift as much as you usually would, or you might have to take like more time in between, or like, you know, that like, it's going to be like a kind of a bigger mental effort to go. and might put you in a bad mood in the lead up or the lead down. Then, you know, just weigh it up your advantages versus your disadvantages. Sometimes, you know, and also just figure out what you can do. Okay, fine. I'm not going to train today. But uh, you know i can go and i can watch some sessions from you know the olympics or i can go and read a book on weightlifting or this that and the other and so yep. it's like it's more you know and then but that that's exactly what it is it's it's like a kind of cost benefit analysis mm-hmm. if it's going to cost you more than it benefits you don't, don't do it <laughs>
0: like
1: and um but sometimes you know it's it emotions will get in the way of that and just disregard how you're thinking for a moment and if you're not sure ask someone else
0: yeah well that i mean that that was the point i was going to make was that's the reason you have a team and a coach is yes you might not want to go and lift but you might come into the gym and if let's say for example you were thinking emotionally like i'm tired today like Mm -hmm. i don't know if i can do this session your coach will know like then they can see that they're not they they don't a coach doesn't just give you a session and go go do this right it it, there's there's steps to go that they go through and to be honest at the end of the day like like you said it's a singular session is it is it in the grand scheme of things going to make that much difference yeah probably not probably
1: not session no it's more like if you get into the habit of just like, oh, I can't kind of feel a bit shit, so I'm going to skip it. Like things will start to add up.
0: Well, see, that's, that's different.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, what? I would say that that's, that's entirely different because it's not, it, that, that becomes more of a habit rather than, you know, uh, like you actually need to reassess, I'm doing too much. Mm-hmm. And at that point, your coach needs to say, yeah, you probably are what other external stresses do you have outside of the gym that are contributing to the stress? If you can't get rid of those, you need to readjust the program so that you are actually able to to do the sessions on the flip side. Sometimes coming in, even though you don't want to do that session, it doesn't mean you have to do that session. You can do something else. You know, you can just move the barbell or like you said, if you have a team or a coach or a gym that you go to, just go and watch, be part of the environment, be part of the culture. You don't have to lift. And you Mm. might find that actually, you know, yes, you might've been feeling shit 30 minutes before, but watching people and being in that environment and maybe just speaking to the coach and going, Hey, I just want to do some like barbell stuff. Is that okay? You might actually find that actually it, it, it goes up, goes okay. I would Mm. also say that, sometimes those sessions where you do feel really bad are part of the challenge of weightlifting.
1: Yeah. It's not,
0: it's not easy. And I'd say that 70% of the time, the sessions that you do aren't, aren't easy. (laughs) It's the truth. They're still fun and you're still getting somewhere, but it's not easy, you know, because it, it's not just sitting on the couch and playing PS4, PS5 you're actually trying to better yourself every single yeah. session. So what we, do you expect?
1: We should, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Basically make the distinction between, you know, kind of physical illness or not, not mental illness, but you know, when you're just having a shit day, you're in a bad mood. Yeah. You know? um, so like physical illness, by and large, stay at home. No, nobody wants your cough, especially not now. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, also like physically you're not going to be able to move nearly as well as you usually mm-hmm. would so like already you're kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage so it's like be courteous to other people your teammates the people in the gym um but also you know just understand that like look if you've got a stomach bug and you spent last night throwing up don't go to the gym
0: yeah it's not worth it it's not worth it
1: <laughs> that but also like you know you're you're drained you're physically drained you know you, you haven't been eating properly you've not got the energy to go yeah don't do it there are certain days when you're having like you know a kind of bad day you're a bit under the weather you're a bit mopey where it is beneficial to just go mm-hmm. get up just go just just turn up if you, you turn up there and you realize oh, i don't really want to do it fine go but at least you kind of made the effort the intention was that
0: precisely yeah
1: like, you because know,
0: something- that that in itself is a challenge. Is you've emotionally challenged yourself to step yeah. up and go. You know what? Yeah, I do feel like this, but guess what? I'm going to try it anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that's you know? and you I know, think comes yeah less about the individual session and building strength and technique, more about building like mental resilience.
0: Yeah, precisely.
1: Like that, you know, you're going to move like shit, and you know, you know everything's going to go poorly. Good, rock up anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to hurt you, but you're going to you know be a little bit more mentally tough um for having done it and uh, and you know honestly sometimes you turn up there and you've got a training buddy or two yep. and you know it just puts you right in to the correct frame of mind so yep. you know don't just because you think and also yeah just because you think a session is going to go badly also, <laughs> um, it's not always the case you know yep. I, i've gone to, go to the gym sometimes just terrible mood and um and ended up lifting really really and, you know, sometimes the inverse is true as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, you you could wake up and have 10 hours sleep, a really good breakfast, and your session's been really crap. I've honestly had sessions where I've woken up, I've had a, an energy drink and a Pop-Tart, and I'm good to go on four <laughs> hours sleep. You know, like, sometimes science can't explain <laughs> how you're feeling. Lons. It's what it is. Yeah. You know? Um but generally, that's not good advice. Don't sleep four hours, eat a Pop-Tart and drink an energy drink because that's not conducive to a long-term <laughs> uh, training plan.
1: <laughs> <Exactly>.
0: <laughs> Speak for yourself. All right, uh, I reckon one more.
1: Hmm.
0: So again, this is from M, And this is a, this is a good topic I like. Um, and I think it will, it will probably come down to it depends again. So should your arms be actively guiding the bar or should they be relaxed the whole way through the lift? Um, Bombshell.
1: You should, they should just be like jelly snakes.
0: (laughs) Noodle. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) I think this is one of the mistakes that I think like, and I was sort of, from a lot of British weightlifting, they're like, your arms are chains. They don't do anything. They just hang by your sides until the extension is finished. And then you kind of pull under. And like, eh. <laughs> no, I mean. Yes but
0: no. <laughs> yes, but no.
1: Yes, but no. Like firstly, you know, don't try and lift it up with your arms. You know, it's not. A, oh yeah,
0: it's not but, a tug.
1: It's, um, there's a little bit more finesse but the arms are everything is active in Mm -hmm. weightlifting you know like even just like keeping a good grip on the bar you're using all of your forearm like pushing the bar back into you to keep it close is going to be using your lats and you know is arguably going to be like using some of your arm as well and so it's just keeping it's more about keeping kind of tension not overly tense but enough you know and um But also like, you know, some people benefit from, you know, just having like really loose arms, they can do that. Some people in order to get into, you know, get the bar into the correct position at the top of the thighs or in the hip will need a little bit of arm bend. Proportions. Your arms can't be jelly snakes if you need arm bends to get it into the correct
0: position. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So
1: I think, you know, again, it depends. Um, But like, don't think of it, you know, don't be lazy with them. Yeah. Still something happening. You're still pushing it back into you. You're still keeping in contact with your legs. You're still keeping a firm grip on the bar. Like,
0: Yeah. I, I, would, I would say I, I definitely agree. I'm not going to add too much to that. I would say the arms, I know this is a little bit more contentious, but I would say the arms are a little bit less relevant in the clean than they would be in the snatch. And the only reason I say that is because the distance that it has to travel is slightly less. I'm not saying that they're not active. I'm just saying that they might not do as much as they would in a snatch. But again, like you mentioned, it comes down to proportions and it comes down to individual differences. You you might have someone who is really strong in their legs, but they always let the bar drift away, even if they're extending really vertically and the bar still drifts away because they still don't have tension in their upper body and their arms. How are you going to fix that? you have to use your arms to keep it closer and finish. Like, how do you expect to do a lift if your arms aren't being used in a snatch? Where's, where's the bar? It's fixated over your head. So you're saying that you're not going to use your arms in a snatch.
1: I think this is it because the arms don't move. People like don't use them. But then arguably the torso doesn't move. We're not like, you know, going all over the shop. are we? No. So it's like do you not use your torso? Well, of course you do. You're trying yeah. to maintain tension for it. You're yeah, so
0: it's it yeah, well, it's, it's isometric, isn't it? Yeah. Your torso is is isometrically contracted. Generally your arms are going to be, right, all the way through the pull until you extend and then you're going to move underneath. Mm. I've heard a lot of people say when the arms bend, the power ends. And I don't think that's true at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's so many different ways that somebody's arm could bend. I've seen, like Lasher, you know, I know that we're not all Lasher. You know, we're not all snatching 222 kilos. His arms are bent straight away off the floor. Yeah. So he is using his arms. He has to be. If his arms are bent, he he's going to be using his arms.
1: Yeah. He's getting into the correct position.
0: Precisely, and it works well for him. Have you seen the size of him? He's a bloody giant, <laughs> you know. And I'm not saying that everyone should lift like Lasher, but everyone has a tech, a, a, a technical model that they are biased towards. Hmm. But then they're going to have to adjust that athlete to athlete to make sure that actually the individual differences are accounted for. Because you can't just go right. I've got 30 athletes in this club, and they're all going to fit into that one technical model. It doesn't work like that. That's not how weightlifting is. Ideally, if you were in a Chinese system or a Russian system or a system in a country where you were you know, coached from a very, very young age and you have the perfect proportions and you were brought up into that system, fine. But the difference is, is that in countries like the USA, uh, in, in the UK, in some European countries, some people don't start lifting until they're 23, 24 Mm. and you're expecting to to shove them into the technical model that say british weightlifting have have given us it's a don't get me wrong having a technical model is the ideal because you know what you need to look for but individual differences will trump that technical model i believe
1: yeah yeah i think like but even you know with the russian system and the chinese system it's still I think across the board and obviously, you know, we're talking about weightlifting, but I think it applies to like, it's more generally.
0: Yeah.
1: And like everyone has their own, you know, kind of characteristics and strengths and weaknesses, that kind of thing. And anything in order to get the most out of it, you have to tailor it to mm-hmm. the end of, you know, if I, if yeah. I use, like, you know, just within the context of lifting, I'll use my back squat, for example, I've got really long femurs. Like but I, I have a super, super narrow, Back squat like stance and you know i don't push my knees out they kind of just go forward like you know you would look at that and and say like that that's you know that can be optimized surely put the feet out flare the toes out a little bit more keep the knees out rather than that's not what gets me to lift the most
0: that's
1: how you're built you know and so it's even though something is not necessarily textbook it can still work for that lifter better than any other you know method So I think, you know, with all things, it's it's adapting it to the individual. Mm -hmm. But the only way you can adapt it is actually by finding out what works for that person. And that's trial and error.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So going back to the point, I do think the arms are active in guiding the bar, but I don't think they are... They shouldn't overtake other areas of the body i.e keeping the back tight using the legs it it, it is a leg driven movement it's not an arm driven movement yes the people might argue that you might not use the arms or you might use the arms to guide the bar or you actively want to pull it's just like it's minutia isn't it like it's just arguing a point because you don't have anything else to argue about Mm -hmm like that's
1: a general rule you shouldn't be using your arms to pick up the bar
0: generally (laughs) yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) let's just you know get that point out there (laughs) you'd be surprised lots of people like to but um the legs are the prime movers and then you know with the hips at the top yeah but the arms facilitate the rest of the movement Mm -hmm. you know that they're kind of keeping the bar into the correct position like that that's it that's what they do and you know one thing as well um that Keeping too rigid, you know, with the arms can actually slow down your turnover. So that's something to kind of bear in mind. Sometimes when you're too tense, it can stop you from actually, you know, turning Pulling over. Pulling under, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know.
0: Absolutely. So basically, it depends. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but what one thing that we can both agree on is that everything is all in the legs.
1: Yes. Um, Use them.
0: Yeah, you have legs. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's it. So that was a quick one. Well, I say quick, good 45 minutes. Okay. Um, Cool. I reckon we'll stop there then. Sound good. Sound good. Unless you've got anything uh, off, off the top of your head that you want to chuck in the mix. I do not think so. Awesome. All right, we'll save it for next week then.
1: Sounds
0: good. All right, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next week on another episode of the Coaches Roundtable. Peace.
1: Cheers, guys. See you then.